Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. We are here to preview Miami's big game on the road against NC State, looking to keep the winning momentum going here uh, the week before Miami's annual trip to in-state rival Florida State. But first... I got to handle business against NC State on the road in a tough environment at Raleigh. Um, we'll get into it here uh, in detail. First, Gabby, I, you know, as we always do, just kind of touch on maybe some injury talk as far as we know and understand right now uh, in terms of guys that were either limited or out last game. Henry Parrish was limited. I would expect his role or you know, I think he's going to be able to play more snaps. Uh, that decision will come down to probably how the other guys perform as well. Don Chaney, I think, was held out in a precautionary type way. I think he will probably be a full go this week. Javante Citizen, you know, I uh, Mario Cristobal said he's cleared for contact, but I think getting him in the game is just, you know, going to be a feel situation. Probably would take garbage time situation to get him in a game here in this last month. Um, Elijah Arroyo, I think is a guy to keep an eye on. He got kind of dinged up at the end of the Virginia game. So we'll, we'll see what his health status looks like on Saturday. Then of course, as we all know, Tyler Van Dyke is playing through some stuff. I would assume that he is going to slowly get better week after week after week here. Uh, presuming he doesn't take any significant hits here in this final month. Um, all right, let's jump into the game. Miami at NC State, 8 o'clock kick, and it will be televised on the ACC network. The Miami-NC State series, Hurricanes lead at all time, 11-5, to with one tie, a memorable 0-0 to affair back in 1957. The Hurricanes have won four straight, dating back to 2012. The last game was a 31-30 win uh, in Hard Rock Stadium, which was a launching point for Tyler Van Dyke's career. He went 25 of 33 for 325 yards and four touchdowns in the game. The last trip to Raleigh, Raleigh was uh, a 44-41 thriller in 2020 with De'Ara King. Throwing for 430 yards and five touchdowns. I think he also ran for 100 yards in that game. 
he went off. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, kind of a back and forth high scoring game there in 2020. NC State's last victory against Miami came in 2008 when a young Russell Westbrook, or sorry, Wilson, Russell Wilson. Got was, some hoops on the TV, bro. <laughs> was, leading, was leading the Wolfpack to a 38-28 win. So NC State this season, Wolfpack are 5-3. and three. This season, coming off a 24-17 win at home against Clemson. They lost the previous week at Duke, uh, 24-3. Their previous game, I think they had a bye week maybe going into that Clemson game, I think. Their wins this year come come against UConn, VMI, Virginia, and Marshall. Their losses, Notre Dame, uh, Louisville, and Duke. And again, they beat Clemson as well. So... Uh, NC State, one thing that's interesting just about the way they're kind of navigating the season, they have yet to win consecutive games against FBS opponents this season. So uh, they did have a back-to-back win this season that included VMI, who was their FCS opponent. But in terms of FBS opponents, they're kind of going win-loss, 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 win-loss. NC State coaches, head coach Dave Doran, been the head coach at NC State since 2013 has definitely set an identity there, uh, kind of a tough physical team. Um, Coach Doran really fits that identity well. He's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, approaches life with a chip on his shoulder, it seems. Uh, this past week, even, um, he had a, an interesting, like, I don't even know how to describe it, back and forth with Steve Smith. Yeah. On college game day, who I think he was the guest picker out at Utah. Steve Smith, the former Carolina Panthers receiver, played at Utah. So he was their guest picker for the Utah-Oregon game. I think he said some kind of, you know, throwaway cutesy TV line about, oh, I think he picked Clemson and said something like, oh, they're waiting for basketball season to start in North Carolina or something like that. And Dave Doran took exception to that. And I think in the TV post game, Immediately after, and then in his traditional post-game press conference, he had some words for Steve Smith in both those uh, situations. And supposedly they they have since talked, and they he's invited Steve Smith out to come to a game, yada, yada, yada. But Dave Doran's a chip-on-his-shoulder type of guy, and he wants his players to play like that. So, And they definitely do, on defense especially. NC State has won at least eight games in five of their last six seasons. And frankly, I think you look at their schedule. This game is a key game for NC State, NC State to try and get that done again. Their offensive coordinator, Robert Anai, he's in his 36th year of coaching. He was the offensive coordinator last year at Syracuse. Uh, prior to that, he was the OC under Bronco Mendenhall, both at BYU and Virginia from 2013 to 2021. His background is... Offensive line coach, but his offenses really don't reflect that. I mean, he he is kind of a very creative offensive coordinator. He has various packages, formations uh, that he'll implement. He spreads the ball around to different players in, in creative ways. So I think he's a pretty good coordinator at the college level. Uh, and Miami fans should certainly be familiar with his work uh, during his time at Virginia. The NC State offense is averaging only 25 points per game, which ranks 80th in the country um, in total offense. So yardage, they rank 105th in the country, 329 yards per game. Against FBS opponents, NC State is averaging only 4.5 yards per play, which ranks 114th in the country. And amongst ACC teams, only Wake Forest is worse in yards per play against FBS opponents. On third down, they're converting only 38%. That's 77th in the country. Not a great offense in terms of moving the ball. Uh, but I will say when they do get into the red zone, they're actually pretty good about converting those chances into touchdowns. They have a 66% red zone touchdown rate, which ranks 35th nationally. Uh, they've scored a touchdown on 16 of 24 red zone trips. So they don't get down there much. When they do, they do a pretty good job of punching it in. And to me, that speaks to Robert and I's ability to 
dial it up down there in those situations. In terms of like a per down look, the offense is not overly efficient or explosive. I guess the the most notable area relative to what they are, um, pass game success rate is almost average. So they're almost efficient on an average from an average standpoint when they pass the ball. Everything else is pretty poor in terms of explosiveness, running, explosiveness, passing, and efficiency running the ball. Uh, defensive coordinator is Tony Gibson. He runs a 3-3-5. He's been at NC State as defensive coordinator since 2019. Gibson coached at West Virginia from 2013 to 18. Interestingly, that does overlap with Shannon Dawson's time there. So there should be some familiarity with this system and Coach Gibson's general approach. NC State's defense is allowing 22.8 points per game, which ranks 45th nationally, 336 yards per game, which ranks 36th nationally. They're excellent on third down with opponents converting only 29.4% of opportunities. NC State is allowing 5.2 yards per play, which ranks number 42 in the country. They have scored two defensive touchdowns on the year, which leads the ACC. They rank 29th in the country in turnovers gained, and they average three sacks per game, which ranks number 17 overall in the country. The holiday season is upon us, and Midway Sports is here to take care of all of your sporting good needs. Check out their wide range of selections for all your golf, pickleball, football, basketball, and baseball needs with a variety of top-of-the-line necessities and accessories to help you look and perform your best on the field of play. All of that located just a mile south of the University of Miami campus. Midway Sports is also there for all of your team uniform needs, whether that be your kids' Little League team or your adult softball team. Tell them Gabby Rudia with Through the Smoke sent you, and they will take 30% off the price of, of the cost of your uniform order. Attention business owners. Have you filed for the employee retention credit? Do the latest IRS releases have you concerned about your filing? Are you seeking clarity on your employee retention tax credit filing? If you've done your employee retention tax credit filing to a third party and have reservations about its accuracy, turn to the experts at Musarino Furdock PLLC. Their team of experienced tax professionals will conduct a, a meticulous assessment of your filing ensuring it adheres to all relevant regulations and guidelines. Their rigorous evaluation process will leave no stone unturned, providing you with a comprehensive analysis of your employee retention tax credit submission. There's no hidden fees. They're here to help business owners who may have fallen victim to a third-party scheme. Seek certainty in a complex landscape. Call Musarino Furdock, PLLC, at 561 561- 437-0414 or visit musarinofurdock.com. That's M-U-C-E-R-I-N-O-F-U-R-D-O-C-K.com. So that's kind of their coaching, what they're about this year. Let's get into their personnel, Gabby. Let's start with offense. Let's start with quarterback. They've made a change there. Let's let's get into that and kind of what we see from their current quarterback that they're riding with. Yeah, MJ Morris is is the guy who didn't start off the year as the quarterback for uh for NC State. You know, you mentioned Robert and I and uh Brennan Armstrong, both the, both of those guys former university both cross well they were at the University of Virginia get together. Brennan Armstrong transferred to NC State to kind of reconnect with Robert and I, and uh, they, that's basically who they rolled with, uh, you know, that kind of duo uh, early on in the season, they went to, they made the change to MJ Morris ahead of the Marshall game. And they, they're two and one since. Uh, so just, I mean, MJ Morris to me, he's, he's a young guy. I think he played some as a true freshman last season, but I think they're kind of handing him the keys because uh, I think they see him as the future of this NC state offense. And I just think at this point of his career, it's, you know, he's obviously er- it's obviously early and he's still kind of going through his lumps. Got, I think. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a part of that, too. And, um, you know, I think you he- this. Go ahead. Are you convinced he's better than Brandon Armstrong? Because I'm not. I, I don't think so. I don't think he's like I was going to get there. But like, I don't think he's that. But... I don't think he- I just don't think he's like 
you know, that great of a, of a quarterback. And, you know, I mean, he's not bad, but I think he, I think you definitely as just watching through the games, you see some, some of like those lumps that he's taking some, maybe it's young player, young, you know, just young guy lumps and, and things that he just kind of has to continue to work on and develop, whether it be ball placement, decision-making um, you know, just all those kinds of things. I feel like he still has, you know, quite a, a learning curve to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's not someone that like strikes a ton of fear and Brennan Armstrong, I think is just a little bit more of a kind of gives you maybe a little bit more of that it's kind magic. of a gunslinger ish. Yeah, that's and I think that's in trouble, right? Because I think the interceptions and the turnovers and yeah. stuff kind of was where NC State was just like, all right, kind of drew the line there. Like Brennan Armstrong leads the team in rushing yards, which is just right. like I think that tells you also about just like the running backs and all that stuff. But like Brennan Armstrong does give you they just a little bit more of that. Just to run definitely, it. yeah, they definitely have some Brennan Armstrong packages and stuff like that but it does seem like they're kind of just rolling with mj morris and you know i think that honestly it's a good matchup for miami's defense i think that they can you know rattle him up a little bit and i think they can make things difficult for him and you know if you kind of put him in a spot where he needs to make plays i think he can just make those types of mistakes um you know so i mean i'm not like super fearful of a guy like mj morris and i don't think he's like particularly like great so you know, I guess that's just my overall read on on that situation. And you were just kind of going back on just just digging through like really just some of the numbers and stuff like that. You mentioned the third down and there's just their overall third down percentage since MJ Morris has taken over at quarterback. Uh, they're only converting 25 percent of their third down. So they're 10 of 40. Uh, they haven't converted more than four third downs in a game since MJ Morris has taken over as the starting quarterback. Um, so I now think they are if playing, and I would include Miami in this, but they yeah. are playing better defense. Like Clemson's a good defense. Yeah. I, I think this is a fair stat, but Clemson's a good defense. I think Duke would be wrapped Duke up. Duke is in, a good defense. Yeah. And then who's the third? I can't. Marshall. Think. They went to, okay. they, they were three of 12 on third down against Marshall. Okay. So you which, should be better there. Yeah. And I, I, I think just another thing that I've just kind of noticed just with MJ Morris, like, you know, we, we talked about like, maybe they're not just, they're not like overly efficient. And I know they're not, and I don't really think they're overly explosive either, but just a little trend that I guess I just noticed, uh, you know, in these past three starts, most of their touchdowns when they have scored them or majority of them have come on like explosive plays. So he has a 17 yard touchdown pass, a 39 yard touchdown pass, a 62 yard touchdown pass, a 72 yard touchdown pass. And then they also have an 18 yard run and a 37 yard run. So when they kind of get the, like, I feel like when they do score, like you almost want to kind of make MJ Morris just like methodically just kind of push it down the field because I feel like that's, they're not that like super efficient. You want them force them to yes. convert third down after third down and after third down, because when they do, it seems like they're, they will, they run into those explosives and those explosives they tend to score on. And just kind of going back to even that Duke game, uh, like the longest play that I think the longest offensive play that they had in that Duke game was just 21 yards and they didn't score a touchdown. And the three points that they got in that Duke game came on a 57 yard field goal. So it's just like, it, it was like an extraordinary circumstance to even get them on the board. So I think that's just a big, a key in this is with MJ Morris is just kind of make him be methodical. Don't give up those explosive type of type of plays. And I think just with that offense, I think that's where it kind of starts is is just kind of just limiting those those big opportunities, because I think that's when they kind of get bailed out of having to be efficient. Yes, I think you summed it up well with MJ. Definitely to me, seems like a game manager type struggling against pressure still at this stage in his career. Um, Their most explosive option, Casey Concepcion. exploded for i don't know about close to 150 yards of total offense against clemson between uh, receiving and running slot receiver true freshman that they move all around especially uh here in the second half of the season he's by far their most dynamic player on offense he's probably the only player on offense for them that scares you yeah Um, agreed what stands out about him to you yeah i think it's just the way they kind of use him and like you know, the way that they kind of use him as a tailback and they use him, you know, obviously just all over the field and they move him around a ton. Like, I feel like for a Miami fans perspective, like you can think of them of Casey as almost like they're like Brashard Smith type, except they go to Casey and get the ball in his hands way more than maybe Miami gets the ball into Brashard Smith's hands. But, you know, I, he, he's fast. Like he has like he, he's just really, really he's really, really fast. 
um, you know, his ability to kind of just make people miss. I mean, that, that play they made against Clemson, it was basically just man coverage. Uh, you know, he catches a slant, kind of, you know, throws the defender doesn't kind of finish tackle and he's just gone. And uh, again, even the way they use him as out of the backfield, I feel like, you know, he just has good vision and he's able to kind of find creases. And when he hits those creases, he hits them hard and he just kind of goes. So Casey Concepcion to me is, you know, almost again, in similar in a way where they kind of just like try to feed him a lot as like kind of like a Malik Washington from the Virginia game where it's just like you have to just kind of account for him and where he is on the field at all times. And if you can limit him, um, I think that that's just a major, major play, you know, major just like key for Lance Gidry to allow this to not allow this NC State offense to kind of, you know, get rolling. So uh, I almost like that Miami just had to play Malik Washington. And obviously that didn't go super well. But I think that you can kind of make some adjustments to how you kind of did that. I think Malik Washington's probably a little bit more like explosive, too. Uh, he's like the second leading receiver in the country. But I think if you can kind of just really key in on Casey Concepcion and make him kind of do other things, I think, uh, you know, that would be the best play to limiting how, uh, again, explosive or even efficient that this NC State offense is. He's converted 21 first downs as a pass catcher. The next highest guy on their offense is eight, eight first downs for number two. So yeah. they definitely go to him a lot recently. And uh, he is kind of their playmaker yeah. running back group to me. It's a bunch of nothing special. I don't know if you have anything to add. No, there. I don't really have much. I, again, I think just the story is that Brennan Armstrong, a quarterback who's been benched for like three games, is still the team's leading rusher. So I think that tells you everything that you kind of need to know there. Offensive line to me is all right. It's not bad. Yep. Not great, but it's all right. Nothing special. I don't think it's anything that my like you know Miami hasn't seen before and hasn't been good against. So I definitely think that it it could be a, a fun night for that defensive line. Defense, uh, I think you got to start with Peyton Wilson, the linebacker who looked like he did. He got dinged up uh, against Clemson, uh, but he is, according to Dave Doran, after going through tests and all that, he's going to be fine, good to go. I, I do think it's probably still worth monitoring, but again, Dave Doran did say he's going to be a full go. Uh, Peyton Wilson is a stud, 6'4", 235, linebacker. 353 career tackles at NC State, um, 39 and a half tackles for loss. This year, he's at 89 tackles, nine tackles for loss, four sacks. Um, he's definitely a guy that can change the game, change the game against Clemson uh, with his pick six. There was also a freaky play he had early in the season against Notre Dame. It was like a crossing route from one of Notre Dame's outside wide receivers. And again, Notre Dame's outside wide receivers aren't anything notable, but still he caught it with about, I don't know, six yards of separation from Wilson in the middle of the field. And Wilson hawked him down from behind, um, you know, 20 yards downfield. So he's a fast physical to me. He's like, like, I don't know if he's better than the Clemson linebackers, but he is, like NFL prototypical linebacker, if that makes sense. Like, I think he will be selected higher in the NFL draft, assuming his injury stuff checks out okay. Yeah, I was listening to the, I mean, just watching the Clemson game, like just listening to the broadcast. I heard, I heard them say that, I guess on the catapult or whatever. And again, this is without pads or anything, I'm sure. But apparently this offseason, he clocked like over 23 miles per hour on the GPS. So wow. like that checks out. I mean, it's just, uh, he, he's definitely a big time athlete and NC state's had really good linebacker play over the past, just like few seasons. I remember Drake Thomas was a guy that, you know, NC state really had, I mean, Peyton Wilson was kind of playing with him there too. And Peyton Wilson is just like on tape. And I think he, he's leading the ACC in tackles. I think he already has like 88 tackles on the season. Um, you know, he, he, he's a dude, he's a dude. And he's, if he's not a hundred percent, like that's obviously an advantage to Miami, but him at like, you know, he's still like, a big, big time linebacker in the conference. And he's the type of guy that he can kind of change the game. I think he's averaging like over 11 tackles per game right now. Like Peyton Wilson yes. is, is, is the truth. And uh, I think he's a lot of fun to just watch, like just watching him in, in just in these games. It's like, man, this, that that's a dude that you like one on your team, 10 times out of 10. Like he's, he's that type of guy. And I, I'm a fan for sure. He has 
at least 10 tackles in six of the eight games this year. So he's a guy that's always around the football and total stud. How about who else on defense impresses you when you watch them? Yeah, a few, a few of those defensive linemen. Uh, number one, Van. Uh, he's a guy that has has a nice motor. Um, number five, Clark. I like I like what he kind of I like what he does. I think the linebacker, even just next to, I mean, they play three they play three linebackers. But Betty is a linebacker that actually played at St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job for for those guys. Caden Fordham is a guy I think might be recruited at one point. I think it was during that 2021 recruiting cycle that gets on the field plenty for them. But I think just like that front six and the the, the way that they kind of rotate them out, like that front is is explosive. And I love like the way that they kind of mix mix up the pressures and the way they kind of deliver the pressures, Um, you know, is, is very, very interesting. Like that's a fun defense. And I'm very curious to see how they're going to like, like how they're going to kind of scheme it up against Miami because they are so aggressive. And I know you talked about that on the Tuesday podcast and i didn't realize how aggressive they were but they are and i'm, I'm wondering how they're going to kind of adjust that with the way tyler's been struggling um but i think i mean i, I the, one of the corners i think is battle uh number nine i believe I, I i think he's good they have a safety a young safety i think the last name brown who who also kind of gets it done for me so i think a lot of those guys on that nc state defense are are, are just good and i think it kind of goes back to what you're saying about the DC and Gibson, like it just feels like they have an identity and it feels like a lot of these guys just kind of, you know, understand their roles in that defense and they're aggressive. Another thing I noticed is a lot of, they, they do a good job of like getting their hands up at the line of scrimmage and like getting their hands on balls, um, you know, like batting passes down at the line of scrimmage. That was, that was something they did really, really well against Clemson and uh, you know, made things uh, really difficult for them. And I think against Duke, even they did it a little bit as well. So uh, I, I I think that, you know, it's it's a solid, like fun to watch NC State defense. And, you know, I can definitely see why those guys find success. I agree. I, you know, you touched on Davin Van. I think he's a big time guy. He wears number one. He's a big D lineman. They, he plays both on the edge and on the on the yeah. inside. He's a he's a nice player for them. Shaheen Battle, he's he's a good corner. I think he's pretty good. But I also think he is pretty gettable. He's uh he's long. Um he's not the quickest accelerating type of corner. And he is giving up 21 yards per reception this season. So I do think uh if you dial it up, design it up perfectly, you can hit him on some deep shots. Special teams kicker Braden Narvison is nine of eleven. I think he's a pretty good college kicker. You mentioned that the long field goal he did have against Duke. Um, he's he gets it done. Punter Caden Noonkester, forty-two yards per punt. I think he's also pretty good. Um, you know, dropping it inside the twenty. And kick returner Julian Gray has a he does have a kick return for a touchdown this year against VMI. Anything to you stand out about their special teams? No, just a kicker. Uh, kicker is like big, like stocky type of dude, Stick. and he has he absolutely has a a boot. Like he cleanly hit that fifty seven yarder. Like it was, yeah, it was impressive. And uh, yeah, he definitely has a leg on him. All right, let's take a break, and on the other side, we'll get into this game from a Miami standpoint. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Gabby, you know the drill. Three things we want to see from this game from a Miami perspective. You start us off. Yeah, I think first thing, uh, obviously, I think Tyler Van Dyke and his success is a key to this one. So I think just for Shannon Dawson, just kind of simplify things for Tyler, uh, you know, work the quick game again. I think that NC State defense is aggressive. So, you know, I think there was a run in the back half of the Clemson game where Kate Klubnik completed like eight. I think it was like eight or nine passes in a row. And it was a lot of just like kind of like slants, uh, finding the tight ends and things like that. And I think that's when Clemson Clemson ended up going on a, on a touchdown drive that finished in the red zone with like a one yard run by Phil Moffa. And I think that was how, when they kind of finally like figured out like what, what the route was there. So I think if Miami kind of just find a way to get those, that short, you know, game going, uh, and then try to find maybe just, again, this kind of goes to the next point is just hit a home run. I think it's important to, for Miami to find a way to hit on an explosive play. And even looking back at that Duke game, Duke was one of nine on third down. So not highly efficient on offense, but they had a 69 yard touchdown run and an, or an 83 yard touchdown run and a 69 yard touchdown pass. And they won 24 to three. You talk about how the cornerbacks are gettable. I do think they kind of play, you know, some man at time where it's just kind of like, you know, you just got to, the receivers just got to kind of go and win a matchup. And uh, I think it's going to be important for Miami to hit on one of those. Obviously, when the turnover battle is a is is a huge, huge to me, probably the biggest thing. Like Miami cannot just keep turning the ball over. I think if Miami doesn't turn the ball over, they will win this game because I do believe they are the better team. But who? I'm not really sure how that's going to go. So winning that turnover battle is very important. And uh, kind of going back to an earlier point that I mentioned, limit the explosives from NC State because it. I mean. Duh, but that's when they're best on offense is when they find a way to hit those explosives and they are way less efficient when they are not hitting explosives. So uh, I think those are just some of the things that I kind of walked away with of just like some keys to the game from Miami side. Yeah, good stuff. So mine is, you know, this offense to me, it's, it's a pit for Miami's offense. It's a potential get right game. Um you know, Miami has seen this 335 stack. Uh Tyler's seen it in 2021. Uh in 2020, Miami had success against it. And then Brad Kaya against West Virginia in their in the Russell Athletic Bowl game in 2016 also saw it and had success. And you know, the 335, it does present some challenges and some issues. Um and, and the way to generally beat it is down the seam and teams that have decent tight ends and or decent slot receivers can give three, three, five defenses fits, uh, throwing down the seam, you know, for instance, four verts is a, is a common three, three, five beater because the base defense for the most part of a three, three, five is cover three. And, um, you can also provide some trips formations to one side of the field. That'll get the alignment kind of out of whack at times on a three-three-five, uh, both to the strong side and weak side of those formations. Also, you can run the ball to the edges against three-three-five if you get them all misaligned. Play action, you know, sucking down those linebackers. We talk about how NC State is aggressive. Those linebackers play very aggressive against the run. Uh, you know, getting that play action game is important, which of course means you have to establish the run as well. But I went and looked at those games, Gabby, and, and kind of 
from a passing game standpoint, what stood out, Brad Kaya went 24 of 34 for 282 and four touchdowns against that 2016 West Virginia team. Braxton Berrios uh, went four for 64 and one touchdown. Amon Richards, three for 68 and one touchdown. David Njoku, five for 44 and one touchdown. Stacey Cole, Coley, five for 51. So spread it around. Uh, a lot of guys generating some touchdowns there. Derek King, 31 of 41 for 430 yards with five touchdowns. Mike Harley went off 153 yards and two touchdowns. Mark Pope, six catches, 97 yards Ooh, and a touchdown. Noodles. D. Wiggins, seven for 77 and a touchdown. And Will Mallory, six for 78 and a touchdown. Uh, so again, slots, tight ends. Barrios and Najoku went off in 2016. Harley and Will Mallory had successful games in 2020. In 2021, Tyler Van Dyke, 25 of 33 for 325 with four touchdowns. Uh, Charleston Rambo was the big receiver in that game, nine for 127 and two touchdowns. Will Mallory did have a touchdown, added 34 receiving yards. Jalen Knighton also did some work there in the receiving game. Uh, catching six passes for 83 yards and a touchdown. So um, Miami's had success against these three, three, five defenses here from Tony Gibson. And uh, another notable thing with those performances in the past zero interceptions. So of course, with the way things are trending this season, that needs to happen Saturday night. Another key for me, pressure, pressure, pressure. Teams are blitzing NC State often this season, going back to that Notre Dame game early in the year, whether it's Brennan Armstrong or MJ Morris at quarterback. When Brennan Armstrong was blitzed, he was completing 55% of his passes, averaging six yards per attempt with three touchdowns and three picks, took six sacks on those 70 dropbacks in which he was blitzed. MJ Morris here recently completing 51% of his passes when blitzed, averaging 5.1 yards per attempt with three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, he is he has taken six sacks on 49 dropbacks when he's blitzed. And as we know, Miami is the best pass rushing team in the country when they rush at least five. So that's another big key here this week. And then for me, just my final thing, I, I'm going to go big picture, Gabby, and just... I think it's big culturally, you know, for Miami to get on track here in this key month of November. Yeah. Um, I think this month is huge for the trajectory of the program and the and you know that momentum here starts this week with a nice little road test. I think you know going three and one in the month of November is not going to be easy, um, but to me, I think it's doable and. Quite frankly, that's what a real program would do. And I think that would also help Miami, honestly, significantly level up the talent acquisition yeah. in the month of December. Like, I think things could get scary if Miami finishes this regular season, let's say nine and three, right? I do think going two and two keeps things on track. I don't think that's a disaster situation going eight and four here this season would be disappointing considering that Georgia Tech result, but eight and four, you could still sell that, that things are on the right track year over year going one and th one and three or worse would be a disaster. And, you know, look, Miami is playing probably four bowl teams here in this month of November. And after last November, when Miami went one and three, you know, anything's on the table, I suppose. Now this year, Miami's a much better team, of course. While at Oregon, Mario Cristobal did go three and one in November every year there. So I just want to see Miami in a big picture sense finish this thing out on a strong note here in the month of November. How about a matchup we like the most from a Miami standpoint going into this game? Yeah, you just touched on it. I think it's just Miami's defensive line and just that ability to kind of pressure just generate pressure just with the, against the offensive line and then just on MJ Morris. I think that that's a place where uh, I think Miami has an advantage. Uh, we keep talking. I mean, I feel like I'm just going trenches every time we talk about this these games, but I, I do think that Miami's has a... That's their strength. Yeah, exactly. And I do think this defensive line could 
I mean, they've been really good. I mean, just numbers wise, tackle for loss wise, uh, pressure wise, sack wise. I mean, they've been they've been kind of rolling there. So uh, I think that that will continue against NC State on on Saturday. Attention, business owners. Have you filed for the employee retention credit? Do the latest IRS releases have you concerned about your filing? Are you seeking clarity on your employee retention tax credit filing? If you've done your employee retention tax credit filing to a third party and have reservations about its accuracy, turn to the experts at Musarino Furdock PLLC. Their team of experienced tax professionals will conduct a, a meticulous assessment of your filing ensuring it adheres to all relevant regulations and guidelines. Their rigorous evaluation process will leave no stone unturned, providing you with a comprehensive analysis of your employee retention tax credit submission. There's no hidden fees. They're here to help business owners who may have fallen victim to a third-party scheme. Seek certainty in a complex landscape. Call Musarino Furdock, PLLC, at 561 561- Four three seven zero four one four, or visit musarinofurdock.com. That's M U C E R I N O F U R D O C K dot com. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later. And the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation. And Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305. 393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. I agree. I think, you know, with Miami's blitz packages, I think they can really dictate to an NC State offense that quite frankly hasn't been very good. So as long as they're sound on the back end, tackle in space. You got to tackle Casey Concepcion in space. As long as you do that, I think you're going to be able to contain this NC state offense matchup to keep an eye on. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm going to go coaching a coaching matchup. And it's to me, it's just Shannon Dawson versus Tony Gibson. uh, Just because I think, I think a lot of where we go with Tyler Van Dyke, I think a lot of that is Shannon Dawson's to figure out and how he kind of what situations he puts Tyler Van Dyke in against this defense, I think is going to be really telling too. So I think that this is an important Shannon Dawson game uh, against a, a veteran DC who, like you mentioned, David, he has familiarity with. So uh, I'm very curious what the offensive game plan is going to kind of be on Saturday and uh, how Dawson kind of goes at, um, you know, this three, three, five and, Really, and then it's just like how Gibson even kind of maybe changes it up for Miami. Like, is he going to be like, is he going to be more aggressive? Is he going to maybe drop back and do more coverage stuff? So I'm just curious how both of these coordinators are going to kind of adjust to one another. And I think uh, it's going to be, I I mean, I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. I agree. And just building on that, you know, I'm curious how Tyler performs against whatever NC State decides to do. If if NC State does stick to their identity and, you know, pressure heavy, you know, Tyler has been elite against the Blitz this season. He's completing 71% of his passes when opponents blitz him at an average of 11 yards per attempt. And he has an eight touchdown to two interception ratio. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, I do think it's worth noting, um, you know, 
a reason why NC State would still maybe want to blitz him is because of his injury deal, his his leg and you know lack of mobility relative to what he normally is. Also, quite frankly, you don't want Tyler to get touched. Um, every, any hit he takes is going to be a dicey situation. So that is something to monitor as well. And then, as you said, if NC State gets out of their identity and kind of drops back all game, let's see if Miami has some answers for that type of look. How about a player that needs to step up? For me, it's just going to be the same thing, Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, it's Tyler. I just think it's on Tyler. He's the guy that needs to step up. And I think if he does, Miami wins. If he doesn't, it gets like it gets grinder. it gets dicey. Yeah, grinder. And we're gonna if be he in the does, same... I think they win by a couple touchdowns. I think if Tyler Van Dyke, if he if he protects the ball and he performs well, like I think Miami, you know, could win again. Very, I think they can win comfortably. But it's just like. It's hard to know which 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 version of him you're going to get right now. So, hope, like you said earlier, I hope hopefully this is a get back game for him and Miami can kind of get things rolling. Potential player of the game, who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, I kind of I, I kind of bounced around with this a little bit, but I feel like I've talked a lot about just like offense and stuff. So I'm going to kind of go defense, and I'm going to go Cam Kitchens, and uh, I've been critical of Cam, but I think again, I think a lot of this is going to be kind of containing that K- Casey Concepcion. Um, I think MJ Morris, I think, has the potential to kind of make some of those like similar st- type of mistakes that Tyler makes where he throws the ball and it's just like, what are you thinking there? And I think Cam can be someone who potentially benefits from that. Uh, we saw him jump a, a pass against Virginia, kind of return that. Not saying he's going to do something like that, but I do think he could be a key figure in kind of limiting Casey Concepcion, whether that be him or to Corey Couch. But I think uh, I think limiting those explosives, uh, a lot of that falls on Cam. And I think he can kind of have a you know, I think he can kind of maybe continue to get back on track in this game against NC State. So I'm going to roll with Cam in, in this one. I'm going to go with Matt Lee just because. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, NC State's going to throw a lot of tricky fronts and blitz packages at Miami. I think it's it's important for Miami to pick it up. And Miami's O-line has done that uh, at a high level all season long. But this NC State 3-3-5 is a different challenge in that regard. How about sports line projection over unders I sent you? Tyler Van Dyke, they have projected in their daily fantasy as 262 passing yards. What are you going, over or under? I'm, I'm going to go over. Um, not again, not, not like super sold on that, but I'm going to lean over just because I do think this could be a one of those situations where we kind of see the bounce back. So I'm going to go glass half full and go over there. MJ Morris, 209. I'm going to go under. Uh, I mean, I don't think he hasn't thrown for 200 yards all season, and I'm not sure if he's going to do it here. Maybe he does, but I'm going to go under there. I'm going to go over just because I think he'll have to. Like, I don't I don't know if NC State's going to run the ball well. <laughs> yeah. So I think that means you're going to have to throw it more. Uh, now, I don't know if it'll be effective, but I do think over 209 is doable. Ruben Bain, this is one I sent. Ruben Bain, one and a half sacks, over or under. I'm going to go over, man. I think that like, talk about MG Moore's dropping back a ton to pass. I think Ruben Bain's going to, is going to have some fun on Saturday night. I'm going to go under just because I think NC state's going to account for him. Miami sacks allowed two and a half. So Miami coming in this game is allowing one sack per game. NC state is averaging three sacks per game. Two and a half sacks allowed in this game for Miami. Which way would you go on that? I'm going to go under. Uh, just, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly what NC State's going to do, but I think if they do just kind of drop coverage, uh, I, I I don't know if they're going to get to two and a half sacks. I can definitely see this being over, but I'm going to lean under for the two and a half. I think I'm going to go over. I'm kind of worried this could be like a three sack plus game. Hopefully I'm wrong. All right. Betting lines and score predictions. So last I looked, Gabby, Miami was a four and a half point favorite. The over under is 45 points. What would you bet? What is your score prediction? Let's hear it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I just don't know what we're going to get from Miami right now. Um, So I'm just going to kind of. I think it's going to be a close, a closer game. Uh, So I'm going to take, I guess, NC State plus four and a half. I still have Miami winning 24 to 20. So uh, I'm just thinking this is going to be another grinder. Maybe not. I think a part of me feels like it won't be, but I feel like 
my brain is telling me like, let's just wait and see it until we kind of start going there. So I'm going to go 24, 20 Miami wins. Um, I guess I'll take under 45 points, just barely. Um, but I, I do think Miami's going to find a way to win this game. Um, you know, the margin, not super sold on it either way right now, but I, I do feel like Miami's the better team. And I think there is, I mean, I think that defense is going to give MG Morris a really, really hard time. Uh, to me, it's just about what happens with these turnovers. How many opportunities do you kind of give them? Like NC State beat Clemson. Uh, one, because they had a pick six. And two, like they scored points off of uh, Clemson turnover. So basically 14 points of their 24 to seven, 24 to 17 win came off of turnovers. So if Miami turns the ball over, again, I think it could be messy. Uh, if they don't, I think that there's a, a clear path to, to victory. So that's what I'm rolling with, uh, you know, here today. I'm going to go Miami 30, NC State 27. So I think that means I would take NC State plus four and a half, and I would bet the over. I do think this can be a get-right game on both sides of the ball. I think on paper, Miami matches up well uh, on both sides of the ball. On offense, you know, Tyler does a pretty good job of burning aggressive defenses. Is that the looks he's going to get this week? That's definitely something interesting to monitor. Um, and, and then from a Miami defense standpoint, you know, NC state does struggle to handle that extra rusher and outside of Casey Concepcion, I just don't think there's much there that threatens, um, you know, a defense. So again, I do, th I do think there's a chance this is a multi-score win, but like you said, Gabby, it is hard to go there when Miami is struggling to put away a team like Virginia. So we'll see if Miami can keep it rolling. It would be great to, to see a seven and two Miami team roll into Florida state and let those chips fall wherever they fall. But first you got to handle business Saturday night, 8 PM in Raleigh, North Carolina, again, televised on the ACC network. Appreciate Evan for listening. Thank you to all of our sponsors and until next time, take care.